30 minutes of rapid fire. Unscreened phone calls here. You're listening to this on a Friday at the soonest. But it is not being recorded on a Friday. It's after the best show. And I'm joined here. This is a different kind of half hour of power. First of all, there's no AP mic. I think this is the first half hour of power he's missed. I think you're right. And, uh, well, who said that? That's Dudio, Jason Gore. How are you? I'm great. Hello. Thank you for doing it. You held everything down tonight. Pat, yeah. Pat Byrne it was at Bruce Springsteen. AP Mike was at the show. And uh, Jason was stuck with all the responsibility. Everything. Everything. And Kristen helped out, though. And Kristen was screening phone calls. That was awesome. Thank you to Jason and Kristen for that. We also have here a cavalcade of new voices on the Best Show and Half Hour Power family. I guess we should start with, where should I start, over here with Eric? Yeah, go for it. You want to turn that mic toward you? It's generally the best oh, way right. to talk into them. I'm going to pop those all the way up. All right. Eric White. Good evening. Artist! Tonight's a night of art. How are you? I'm really good. Do people know you? What's the thing people know you from the most, Eric? Oh, jeez. Uh, wow. Well, I don't know. I, they probably don't. From painting, painting, maybe paintings. Yeah, right. What's the painting that everybody knows you the most from? Then? Oh, it might be the one that Target ripped off. <laughs> That's right. That's probably it. Target took. Oh. Yeah, and Target it stole one of your paintings, and they just they just took the image for a live action. Yeah, they converted a painting into a live action ad campaign that ran everywhere. They sold the concept, and then they also kind of recreated the painting. In live action, and and who re- saw it first? Who, who? The fir- I was just telling Scott when I when I I was watching a movie at Film Forum. I turned on my phone and my former assistant sent me a screenshot, and I almost vomited in the theater. I didn't understand what was happening, and then I f- saw the ad, and I did. I was like, "Well, I'm doomed. I can't. I'm like, what am I gonna? How am I gonna sue Target? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, that's not. But it did have a happy ending. That's so. not happening. Yeah. But it did, I did, but it actually did. And that was, it did have a happy it did, ending. It had a happy ending, yeah. Yes. You told me. I told you the story. That I should go after Google <laughs> yes, for come on, you all my lawyer, to yeah. have fun. And then I was like, I didn't. <laughs> There's still time. There is still time. Statue of limitations, I don't think it's... <laughs> Right, right. I think we're okay. I think I could. Yeah, what is that? Me. Seven years. If you, need to, if you want to talk to my lawyer, let me know. I let's see how bad things get. <laughs> okay. I I really do feel like I'm in some sort of late Orson Welles era <laughs> thing. This book, I'm telling you, this this book, um, for the other side of the wind, which is this movie that never came out during his lifetime that he was filming for years. He filmed this thing, oh. and. Things were getting so bad for him making it. it was so it was so. They were it, it, like he's a guy who was like by hooker by hooker. He really was filming, just like hey, can we use your house? And then he would film in somebody's house, and then he would like, <laughs> then he would stay in their house at like he would while they were filming there, he'd live in their house to save money, and then like 
run their phone bill up, and then they'd be like, hey, you know, Orson, uh, you know, this is like go. a $1,400 phone bill. <laughs> it's like 1972. <laughs> He's running up a $1,400 phone bill of like, and he, he just like that's. I feel like I'm sliding into that, <laughs> that that place right now. Is that I don't at the know. very end of his life, or, or when it was, was, he, it was like, he, he he basically worked on this movie in, in the 70s. Was him working oh, okay. on this movie? Started in 1970 and it kept going. He eventually ended up getting uh, completion funds from Iran, <laughs> <laughs> and then there was this. What? This fun moment when the Shah was overthrown, and then this movie he was lost basically tied up with the Ayatollah, and he's just like, oh like God. the country of Iran is just—it's just so funny. That he, um, we also have here—we have John Solomon here, my friend. Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm good. How it's, are you? I'm great. It's so nice to finally have you here. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is awesome. Yes, John is a uh, record label uh, mogul. Sure. Right? Where can people check out your records? Oh, you can go to comedy-one.com. And some of the records you put out in 11th Dream Day, uh, El Mudio. Right? Was, yeah, it was like the, the lost version of yeah. El Mudio. Which is great, and you've done stuff with the, the, the silkworm. Yeah, there's the, there's more of that to come very soon. Awesome. And then, what's that record you put out about six months ago? It was so great. The Savak record. Yes. Yeah. Real, really awesome. I agree. I can't speak highly enough of your taste making record label wise, and you are also a DJ on WPRB, the Princeton station 1033 absolutely and your your uh your dj claim to fame would be the uh the 25 hour christmas extravaganza i think that's fair and that's uh that will be coming up uh when is that coming that'll be in less than four months (laughs) are you just horrified by that now to just be like Oh no, it's so close. We've entered early anxiety dream territory. I've had one about the show so far. Of doing the, yeah. I can't remember where the studio is. Yeah, but I can't find any of my records. Yeah. I had one anxiety dream where I decided that I would park before the show on train tracks. Uh huh. And. Yeah, you can a, imagine what happened yeah. midway during the program. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty on the nose stress dream. Do you have best show related anxiety dreams? You want to know what? I don't. I really don't. This is the only thing I'm good at that I honestly don't worry about. I have stress dreams with every other aspect of my existence. To where I wake up and I'm still having, I'm still in them, and I feel like my mind is still in sleep state, panic-wise, in waking, but not with this for some reason. Do you have a common a common theme in a stress dream about what happens, like your teeth fall out or... I don't get that. I get a lot of, uh, I'm dying, uh, dreams. Yeah. 
Scott Teplin. It's pretty artist. straightforward. It's pretty. It's pretty, pretty to the point. <laughs> Not hard to no analysis there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I don't need to go visit a dream interpreter for. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> and who said that? It's Scott Teplin, who has been a longtime friend of the show, and somebody who, if you know the best show box that uh the sharpling and worcester box scott did the amazing poster in the box which is which depicts newbridge which is one of the most beautiful things that's ever been associated with this show i just cannot believe like when we saw that starting when you sent initial sketches it was like oh my god this is like a real thing like that's when the box set felt like real it's just like oh like talented people are doing like real things on this and that is so amazing i'm just lucky to be a part i i thank you for um for including me oh no thank you for doing that and you also did the mural in our studio now of the three car pile up which it seems to be is that a theme you you kind of went into a lot of because donuts are, are a recurring theme for you. It's one of the four themes that I work with. And the themes are donuts. Donuts. Uh, build, buildings. Architecture. Architecture. Buildings, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, gross anatomical stuff. Okay. And car crashes. <laughs> and car crashes. Look, those work, right? I think you cover all the bases with... Yeah. On one hand, there's a... Car crash. Another hand, it's a donut. That's kind of that's the spectrum of everything, maybe life. Yeah, yeah. And you, where do people find your stuff, Scott? Uh, they could find it at teplin.com, T-E-P-L-I-N.com. Okay. Yeah, and you, you do, you'll, you'll do uh, the the kind of uh, re- occasional uh, Kickstarter type thing where people can buy things in. It's almost like pre-purchasing. That's something. right. As yeah. a matter of fact, I've been I've been building one up for the last year. I'm going to launch in October. I've been very excited about it. Okay, a big crazy school. So people can track. The people can be uh, kept abreast of stuff by at Teplin.com. Yes. All right. I love it. I'm so glad you're here. And let's go and see who's on the phone. Half hour power. Hi, Tom. Hi. You're here with Dudio. Artist Scott Teplin, artist Eric White, and disc jockey John Solomon. Hi, everybody. It's Taylor in Denver. Hey, Taylor. Hey, Hey, Taylor. Taylor. I know who you are. (laughs) Yeah. You do a podcast with, what's that guy's name again? Edgar? Oh. What is it? Yeah. It's uh, Kevin O'Brien. Kevin, yeah. And it's Although called, I prefer all the names you give him. And where, where, where can people find your podcast? Well, you can go to iTunes or our website. We're just uh, thesethingsmatterpodcast.com. All right. Wait till you see. When you in Dudio's here. Did I say Jason? Did I say Jason yeah, Gore? You said Dudio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I've been on this podcast. I as well have been on this podcast. Yeah, it's a great mm-hmm. podcast. I didn't make the best of from last year, but uh, I as well did not make the best of from last year. Taylor, did I make the best of? 
I'm pretty sure you did, Tom. I mean, you're an A-lister. What are we going to, you know, you got to have it on there. I did that. When I did your podcast, I was in the parking lot of a gas station. Well, gas stations are <laughs> pretty much just parking lots. <laughs> like, the only way it's not a, the parking lot gas station is if you're inside the gas station. <laughs> not just like. But I was, uh, I had just come from Ikea. Uh-huh. Buying stuff for this studio, I believe. Wow. And well, they, they let you sit there for an hour without any sort of suspicious looks or anything? No one cared. Huh. No one cared at the car filled with boxes <laughs> at 9 o'clock at night parked in the corner of a gas station. Yeah, with a right. man on a cell phone, yeah. With a guy, guy on a cell phone right by the entrance to the turnpike. <laughs> no suspicion, suspicious activity at all there. No. So what's going on, Taylor? Well, you know, it's. It, I'm so glad that, that John is there as well, because I have a question about DJing for you guys. Mm. Okay. Um, so I've, I've started a, a monthly DJ night here in Denver, and um, I've also recently been to a few sort of parties, and I keep asking this question of friends and myself, and I'm not quite sure of the answer. So I'm wondering what you think is the proper ratio of songs that everybody knows to songs that only some people know when you're DJing. That's a very good question, and I feel like... Let's see what everybody else has to say about it. I, I, I think it's three songs everybody knows, two deep cuts. So a three to three two. two. Three, three to two. Three to two. Okay. And one of those two uh, has to be Bat Dance. <laughs> Bat Dance. Yes. Fair enough. You but, remember. But can you go three, two, three, or does it have to be? Three, two, three. Okay. Yeah. It's you just keep going back and forth, basically. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's the model. You do the two in a row, the two unknowns, the deep cuts in a row. Or that's what I would do. Yeah. Just get them out of the way. Yeah. But don't people the people clear the floor though? Uh, well, I don't. They they're they're probably going to enjoy it, and then you yeah. can kind of get the ones you like, and then then they'll get three that they really like, okay. and then you can hit them with some oh. other deep cuts, like Party Man. <laughs> and then this guy with his Batman. What did you just find the Batman soundtrack? The Prince Batman soundtrack? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Great news. He's rediscovering his passion. Well, see, I, I find that when I start playing the three that everybody knows, then it's like everybody, I mean, I, don't get me wrong, the two that people don't know, you, you know, you got to make them really good, obviously. Yeah, they have to be good deep cuts. Right. But like the three that everybody knows, all of a sudden balloons. that's all they want to hear. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> From... Can you imagine back then, hey, we got Prince. Can you believe Prince is doing the soundtrack to the Batman movie? First song comes in, Bat Dance. <laughs> There's no way this is not some, like, how long did he spend on this? The worst. Right? The worst. The, uh, do you know yeah. Bat Dance, Scott? I do, I do, yeah. That, I actually really liked that video when I was a kid. It was like Prince was doing the music for the Batman, the Tim Burton first Batman movie. And these songs, like they sound, first of all, they, those were like the first Prince songs where you're just like, these just sound like one guy recording everything. <laughs> like they had like no feel of a band at all. Just like, this just sounds like a guy, because you hear like, 
he could play all the instruments. Yeah. It's like the first time it sounded like, yeah, it sounds like he just assembled this. Like in, over a uh, weekend or something. Yeah, he just knocked this out, and it's, he just found like some backing tracks that he just went over the top. That's Man. actually true, though. In that bad sense. Yeah, he did really record the soundtrack in, I believe, a month. Oh, it shows. I was it was so disappointing when I, I was so excited when I heard about that, and it's just I think it's terrible. Did you hear last week when Jason <laughs> talked about how many times he saw Batman in the theater? I, I did hear about that. Yeah, I told him maybe he needs to come on the show and talk yeah. about that. When he was eleven years old, within how many weeks? <sighs> Two to three. Two to three weeks. So, within two to three weeks, you yeah. saw the first Batman, Tim Burton. Yes. Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Kim Basinger. Kim Basinger. Yeah. Robert Wool. Yeah. Uh, who, who else would have been in <laughs> Did that? Did you know Robert Wool when you were 11 years old, Jason? Oh, yeah. 100%. Who else wow. would have been in that? Who, who played Commissioner Gordon? I can't think of his name. Is that the one that well, Billy, Billy, Billy D. Williams? Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Billy he was uh, Harvey Dent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Harvey Dent. So you... 38 times. 38. You ever yeah. do it more than, more, more than once a day? Uh, I, 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 if I remember correctly, the maximum was he's not, either... He's not crazy. Was either five or six in one day. Oh, my oh, God. Wait. What? Oh, my so God. See? Dawn to dusk. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that was especially when I was visiting my grandparents in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. My grandpa would drop me off at, like, Fashion Place Mall, and then I would just wander in. By yourself. See it? By myself. Boom, 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 <laughs> boom. He'd time. swing back by in his uh, Dodge Ram truck, pick me up, I'm yeah. out of there. Did you pay each time? Oh, yeah, I paid each time. Yeah. And would so. you... My, my allowance. You'd leave the theater and then go right back up to the window? Yeah. One for Batman. One more ticket, please. <laughs> like, kid, you know we have other movies. Here. Like, did they ever say that to you? Like, kid. They never questioned it. A whole bunch of no. other movies. I'll yeah. let you, I'll let you into an R-rated movie. Yeah. Kid. Like, how about that? How did you know it was time to stop? Like, how- Oh God! I don't know. The, I, the movie like left theaters, <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like that when it was when it was taken away from you. Yeah. That's the only own. opportunity I had. Yeah, it's. I think I'm done with this. Yeah, it's time to stop. But I wasn't. It wasn't that way for uh, Batman Returns or uh, Batman Forever or Batman and Robin. I just saw, I think I saw those once. Yeah. Yeah. Was it, was there something you were like looking for? Like, were you looking for like an answer or something? I mean, that just seems very like essentially looking for something. I really, A, I was a pretty lonely kid. Um, B, I was really into comic books and, uh, yeah, I was just really excited about it. Hmm. 38 times. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Well, I'm sure Michael Keaton thanks you for, yeah. for all that, exactly. that money you gave him. Well, Taylor, thank you so much for calling. Can I just mention? Of you, course. Yeah, thanks yeah. for answering my questions. Yesterday was Taylor's birthday. Oh. Happy birthday, Taylor. Yes. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. Oh, thanks, John. Happy birthday. Thank you, guys. Happy birthday. <laughs> and let thanks, us know John. what goes on with your DJ night. Sure, sure. It's the first Friday. Just. It's online. Just find me, and I'll and, and come and, and enjoy. It's all vinyl. It's gonna be awesome. All right. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. All right, we will talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Bye. Do you remember when Alec Guinness, like when some kid came up to him at like when Star Wars first started blowing up and some kid was like, like I saw it a hundred times. And like he took the kid aside and was just like, like he was like legitimately concerned about this kid and was just like, no one should let me just he like was just like i need to talk to you away from all of this stuff and he was just like no one should see a movie that many times like he was like upset by the whole thing that some kid thought he'd be like i saw it a hundred times like he'd be just like all right so cool like he was already so skeptical of the whole thing like that really is when when you like you watch those Ealing movies and then you're just like this guy put on this dumb brown robe and he's like <laughs> saying the worst dialogue ever so beneath him like is there anything more beneath somebody who's as talented as Alec Guinness who pretty much invented or not maybe not maybe look I don't know exactly all of that British comedy. If if Peter Se- Peter Sellers was influenced by Alec, like that was his hero. Like he was he was. So all of that stuff. So if Monty Python is influenced by The Goon Show, but Peter Sellers, the first Peter Sellers movie was The Lady Killers, who he was in with Alec Guinness doing the full thing, at, at just at the on the highest level, and he's doing Kind Hearts and Coronets, where he's playing what, twelve characters. Like like he was at. He was doing a kind of comedy before anybody else. I, mm-hmm. I'm not a historian enough to take this to the to the line. Right. I mean, does that seem to track? Right. Well, that tracks. Is that for like British comedy, like who was doing so. something before that? And then he's got to put on a brown robe and talk about burlap robe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're going to need you to Tunisia. <laughs> like, like, 130 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, uh, how long will I be here? Eight months? I don't know. We don't know yet. <laughs> like, <laughs> Could be 12. Talking to robots. And- yeah. And you're with, like... Yeah, a lot of your scenes can be with this super dumb blonde kid who <laughs> seems like, doesn't seem like much of an actor, but, uh, this also, yeah. And then, uh, hey, this is, uh, Anthony Daniels. He's gonna be, uh, <laughs> the robot. yeah, he's gonna be in a, like, he's, he's gonna be in that yellow, uh, that, that, that yellow suit you saw. He's in that. And he's just like, wonder, well, he was just like, 
What did he do? Like, what did he do? Did, when did he, when he did Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy? Was that right after Star Wars, or right before it? It would be right after it, I think. Right? I don't know. What like the was. the TV, the. Yeah, I want to say it was after it. Let's look at this IMDb. Did they just remake that into a movie? They did. They yeah. took the. Um. They took like the it was like a mini series. Oh. Um, let's look at this. Uh, I want to look at the things right before Star Wars. Did yeah, this was right after. Yeah, Star Wars. It yeah. Was Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy? So he, yeah, he was in a little bit of a. Yeah, he was. It was things were a little dry. It looks like he was Scrooge in nineteen seventy, then seventy two, then seventy three. Hitler. He played. He he, he was Hitler. <laughs> In Hitler, the last ten days, I really want to see that now. Is that available? That wow, I didn't I, know about that. I want to see Hitler, the last ten days, super bad. Wow. And one of the creepiest things was look when I was uh, wanted when I was just like, hey, anybody got that Manson movie? Listening to the show Inside the Manson Gang, forty listeners were just like, here's a here's a download of the Manson. I got the Manson thing on my hard drive. You want to? Something crazy, I may have this on DVD. Hitler, the last 10 days. So when my dad died, mm-hmm. I, in, like, my inha- real inheritance from my father's passing was at least a thousand World War II DVDs. Wow, wow. Like a giant, like a, it's World wow. War II westerns, wow. old films, and I, I swear this is in wow. there. So I'm gonna go look after this. I'm it's a good, good double feature with Downfall. I'm going to Google Alec Guinness, Hitler. I want to see. I want to see what he looked like as Hitler. Here it is. Oh, man. He wow. looks a lot like Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That's shocking. I've never that seen is. That. That's terrifying. Right? Isn't that weird that, that that's Alec Guinness? Wow. Like, I know from here it looks like Hitler, the real Hitler. Yeah. Even up close, it looks like the real Hitler. Yeah. Give him so credit. Did you own that? Yeah, I think I, I I do think I have this. Half hour power. What's up? Hi, uh, this is Justin from San Francisco. Justin, you're here with Dudio and artist Eric White, artist Scott Teplin, and disc jockey John Solomon. Hi, everybody. Um, this is I'm actually a brother of artist Eric White. Hi, my um, brother. I, I wanted to call uh, to thank him for turning me on to the best show uh, many years ago, and I've, I've been a massive fan ever since. That's awesome. And I want, yeah, and I want to thank you, of course, for bringing it every week for for so long. It's unbelievable. I'm so happy you keep doing it. Well, that's awesome of you to say. Did you know that Alec Guinness played Hitler at one point? Did you know that? In 1973, he was Hitler in a movie called Hitler, The Last Ten Days. I did not know that. And um, you, I wish... We were just looking at pictures of him as Hitler, and he looks exactly like Hitler. Like, that is... <laughs> That's like, amazing. Uh, I'm going to look it up uh, post-haste. What's your name, little droid? <laughs> like, he had to say that. Like, this guy had to say that out loud. <laughs> who is the more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him? You know, he was just like, oh, how much, 
<laughs> like, I get, I get, I definitely get killed in this, right? Like, like. <laughs> There's an out. <laughs> Any chance I could get killed at this cante- cantina? Sir Alec, there's more. He's there's more. To get out of the movie as quickly as possible. What if the blonde boy kills me <laughs> while he's practicing with his sword? He could he could hit me with that that car of his. <laughs> but he had to do the ghost work in the other. Was he in the other? T- he was yes. a ghost in. Both of yeah. them? He was a ghost in Empire and Jedi. But that must have been a day, right? right. On, a blue, on a green screen or whatever. Yeah. What, if, what if they still made him go to Tunisia for those, too? Uh, yeah, exactly. We're shooting the green screen stuff outside. Like they're, they're so mad at him for just not being into it. They're just like, like we look, we just shot the some of the green screen stuff in, uh, in, yeah, in London. We shot some of the shot in London. Let's make this this bastard. This, this bastard made so much money off this thing, and he just moans about it. They're expanding the ghost role. You're going to need to be here for yeah. 18 days. Yeah, you're going to need to say, uh, use the force, Luke. <laughs> We're going to need you to come and say, look out. Maybe he could be a ghost of Hitler in one of the next... That would be... Yes, if he was... The ghost of Hitler now green screen with a blue tint. Would he have like a weird like Hitler would have like a weird ghostly blue What uh where are you at, uh young man? Are you in California? I am. I'm in San Francisco presently. Nice. How's the weather? The weather? It's uh, you know, well, I live in a in a neighborhood called the Sunny Side, and it's um, it's ninety percent foggy. Okay. It was a, a trick of the developer, um, but I like the weather here. I don't like it when it gets hot, so I'm, I'm always well, I'm happy here. You know what I say? <laughs> the the coldest winter I ever spent was summer in San Francisco. Right. The the oft misquoted. Uh, I, I read recently that, that it actually wasn't Mark Twain who said that. Yeah, I choose. I, I choose to learn nothing about the history of that puts it to completely. Um, I think I get it a little more wrong each time I say it. Like it's just like I'm playing telephone with myself. On right. It. Well, I like that. Well, thank you for calling, I, and I appreciate all the nice words about the show. I, I mean, every one of them. I really deeply appreciate what you do. Well, we will talk to you soon. Thanks again. Hey, Tom. All right, thanks. Yeah? Oh, wait. I'll oh, wait, you oh, finish sorry. the call. Oh, no, it's all right. I was going to no, wait until no. you, you hung up. Oh, yeah. Um, this might be more for the, the best show itself, yeah. but uh, since you were talking about minor league baseball earlier, yeah, I went to the Staten Island Yankees game tonight. Okay. And they're going to no longer be known as the Staten Island Yankees after this season and they're having a naming contest okay and that seemed like if there was ever a time for the mm-hmm. staten island yankees to be renamed the staten island garbage rats you would have your chance to throw out many a first pitch yeah. in this scenario <laughs> is it a, like an online vote i i asked someone as i was coming in and it, it seems like there are some finalists but i would imagine there will be a write-in capacity 
It's just something to consider. The Staten Island garbage rats. You know what it's going to end up being, though. The Staten Island impractical jokers. That's the bread and butter of Staten Island. Are the are the IJs, Sal, Q, Joe, and Murr. Yeah, it's an online form. Fans can submit their ideas via a form here. I will post this form. Yes, Staten Island garbage rats. Right? Arthur Kill. Did you ever see Arthur Kill? Anybody seen? The, do you know what that is? It was on Staten Island. The huge garbage the, dump. Oh, yeah, yeah, the landfill. The land, It was so enormous. And then at one point they just kind of like covered it with dirt. Is that what happened? Is they it made just, a park or something out of yeah. it? Or? Like, it, like it's not garbage anymore, but under it is it's garbage, garbage That's how they make ski hills in Wisconsin. <laughs> really? Yeah. So they make ski, they just like take landfills and... I used to go skiing at this place Mount Olympia, I think, in Wisconsin. <laughs> Mount Olympia. You know, the great, where the gods live. Yeah, there's that in Little garbage. Switzerland. <laughs> it's a garbage dump. They, and they made their own snow, even, and just blew snow onto it. And they oh. had a ski lift. And you're just like... <laughs> That's where I learned to ski. With a milk bo- carton stuck on the front of your <laughs> ski. Lunch like, trays. Yeah, lunch tray. Foot. Yeah, weird. The... Uh, uh, like a weird Teddy Ruxpin's <laughs> stuck in the in the garbage dump. Long day. Half hour power. What's up? Not much time. How are you? I'm good. You're here with Dudio, artist Eric White, artist Scott Teplin, and DJ John Solomon. Oh man, I miss John Solomon being there tonight. No, you didn't. You you. Didn't miss it at all. You got it right now. Yeah, you, you didn't miss any. I mean, you yeah, missed a I lot. Missed, I missed saying hello to him in person. Saying hello to me in person? Where? Yeah, because this is Pat Byrne. Oh, it's Pat Byrne. Hey, Pat. Yes. You sounded, I gotta say this, Pat. You sounded super menacing when you just called like you're just like yeah you i didn't recognize you you're, but you're just like i miss saying hi to him in person it was, it was like very threatening i was like wait where where are you where are you who who are you who are you and where are you i've eaten pat no i'm i'm uh i'm pulling out of the uh MetLife Stadium parking lot. How was the Bruce Springsteen show that you and your father saw? Yeah, yeah, he's here on speakerphone as well. And uh, we, how long was it then? Four hours, four minutes. Four hours, four minutes. No intermission, no encores. Wow. Yes. Wow. And did four hours and four minutes. And what was the what was the high point of the show? Um, well, there was no Tom Morello. That was a high point for me. What? But, uh, that works for me. You didn't want to hear him go, right? Uh, we all love rapping on a guitar, but no, I, uh, I don't know. He played a lot of, uh, played a lot of early stuff. He started with like about uh, almost an hour of material from just the first two records, which is really cool. And uh, he just kind of went all over the place from there. Dad, did you have a favorite? I like that he finished a Jersey Girl. Yeah, he did. Fireworks went off. 
That was nice. That's un-Bruce-like, though. You thought the fireworks were un-Bruce-like? All right, my dad thinks that the fireworks were un-Bruce-like. It's the end of the uh, <laughs> night. But, but uh, it was great. It was really great. We're, we're exhausted, but it was did did he like were people, you you tweeted that he that somebody held up a sign that said play outlaw Pete? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I'm, I, it was one of the, the most shocking signs I had seen uh, up for uh, for for the choosing. Yeah, you know he goes into the crowd, he pulls signs. Someone loud and proud is just holding up a outlaw Pete sign, oh. and I was like. Really? How do you come? Have you heard the song Outlaw Pete? It's a song. It's just like he wrote like a kid's book about it, right? Little baby boots. It's just like it's the hokey. It's like it's like he was listening to all this Pete Seeger at that point, I guess, and like wrote like yeah. It was a Seeger session uh, moment for sure. But uh, I thought of you immediately when I saw that, and I I I had to pull out my phone. I wasn't pulling out my phone a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I took a couple pictures and I, I had to share that because that was pretty funny. So he and what was the low point where you were just like, oh boy, how long is this going to go on? Well, I um, there was there was definitely it was definitely an you know an endurance uh, test around like once you re- you're nearing hour four <laughs> and uh, we were on our feet the whole time. And I you know I'm thinking about these guys on stage who are like in their sixties and seventies. And what they have to go, I mean, I think, did, did you catch that? That they were like almost, uh, you know, I think like Max got up to be like, all right, that's the last song. And he's like, nope, go back. We're playing another one. <laughs> I love it. So uh, I definitely felt for the band. But I don't know. There was, the, the crowd was pretty crazy. Um, I noticed a girl to my left was, she, she pulled out a bag of what I thought was drugs. But then she had something written on it with marker, and her friend was filming her. And then I realized she was scattering her friend's ashes on the ground next to me. towards <laughs> the end wow. of the show. And then uh, put, wow. put the rest back in the Ziploc bag. And, uh, and during, what, during what song? <laughs> you know what song it was? Tunnel of I Love? Don't know when it happened. Oh, I don't know. Okay, my dad missed it completely. I think it was like... 57 channels. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, you didn't play that, but uh, no, it was it was a surreal moment. I, I uh, yeah, that's intense. Yeah, I didn't see AP Mike though. I, I was him. hoping uh, to run into him, especially yeah. on a moment like that. Yeah. But, well, there's yeah. eighty thousand people at the thing, so it's not the odds are against you to run into him. That's true. Well, look, you were missed here tonight, Pat. Thanks, Tom. And we'll see you next week. And, next week. Uh, I hope everything's great. And you had a crazy show uh, for your live Prove It All Night last week. You had uh, former governor of New Jersey, Jim McGreevy, on your show. That's right. And uh, and a girl, after his, his interview, uh, heckled me about something I did or didn't ask him. I, I don't even know. But I'll get into that next week. It was. That was another crazy show. Okay. But, uh, anyway, you guys have a good night. Sorry I missed you, John. And uh, we'll see you uh, We'll see you guys soon. All right, buddy. Bye. All right, final call here. Half hour power. What's up? Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Who's this? Uh, uh, Zach from Buffalo. Zach from Buffalo. You're here with Dudio and 
artist Eric White, artist Scott Teplin, and DJ John Solomon. Oh, hello to all of those mm-hmm. you mentioned, and um, sure. message of joy and peace to you. Yes, a message of joy and peace. <laughs> yeah. All right, what's up, Zach? Well, uh, you had me thinking about the end of summer, and uh, realized that I only have a short time now to enjoy one of my favorite songs in the right context, and that is um, Summer's Cauldron by uh, XTC. Wait, what? XTC? Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. Yeah, it's on Skylarking. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, well, I had to relate. That album ain't so good. That album ain't so good. Well, what? That album ain't so good. Not a fan? Of that album? Um, No. (laughs) Uh, what, What ones do you like? I like Black Sea. Oh, sure. You know, rock albums. I like rock music. Sorry. Yeah, but do you, uh, I know you're a fan of the Beatles, right? Sure. So it's sort of like a Sgt. Pepper's thing. Yeah, and Sgt. Pepper, I don't like that album. Oh, oh, that's shocking to me. Why? It's corny. Oh, but I love it. Eh, it's corny. Sure it is. Yeah, it, it is. Out. That's their worst album. That and, and uh, Abbey Road are their worst albums. Okay. Well, that is a, a, a serious 180 tick flip in my mind there, you saying that. But uh, that's that's the name of the game with you, I suppose. Wait, hold on a second. What's the name of the game with me? That's a tick bad flipping. finger song. Yes, it is. Kick flipping? What's that now? <laughs> kick flipping. What is kick slipping? It's like a 180, you know, when you're flipping. <laughs> kick slipping. Well, because, I, because, I, because I think Skylarking is a lame XTC album? No, I can see that. It actually it actually contains it's one of their dri- worst songs. It's drippy. It's such a drippy album. Right? Do you know that album, John? Is that the one with the, the circles? No, that's the, the circles is... Oranges and yeah, that's a, the like blue that. The, with the little gold. It's the one that's got. It's the one that Todd Rundgren produced, and it's it sounds just kind of mushy. It's a bad mix. It has that dear God. Yeah, song it's got, the yeah, song sure. they add. Yeah, that song dear God they was not on the original one, and they tag they put it on when it be. But it's got look this song. There's a couple good songs on it, but on the whole, it's not the stuff I like by them. Sorry. Fair enough. That's very. That's fair enough. And Black Sea is uh, is absolutely one of their best. Yeah. Um, and look, yeah. I love, love the Beatles just plenty. But Sgt. Pepper, lovely Rita Meter Maid. Yeah. Mr. Kite. Sure, sure, seven. sure. Seven. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like Not into the coloring uh... book rock. <laughs> like... oh. I love it. Look. That's like it. You love it all day long. I don't care. I don't. Yeah. Where are you at, at well, Sergeant Pepper, Eric? It's. Just, I'd never want to listen to that one. You just got never a couple want... things. Yeah, just. I like the cover. The album. I mean, mm-hmm. I like the album cover. Yeah, the album cover's great. Packaging is nice. The little yeah, inserts. The little sleeve. inserts, nice. Yeah, the it's mustache. not the one I want to hear. Yeah. Scott, where are you? Sergeant where are Pepper? you on the uh, Magical Mystery Tour uh, movie? 
It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's really bad. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, sure. I rewatched it last night, though, and uh, definitely has some moments that I no, love. No, it can be fun, but it's not good, right? It's, me- it's, no. a, it's a giant mess. Yes. Scott, where are you at with these things? Are you a big Beatles fan? I mean, I listen to it with my kids, but mm-hmm. as far as um, who did the artwork for Yellow Submarine? Is that P- Peter? Well, uh, it has that no, Peter Max Peter style, Max. like, but it's not really. I hate that. That drives me crazy. <laughs> like those kind of. Yeah, just the, the artwork for it. Yeah, the the style of it, and it's like. Um, and it's P- not Peter, their real voices, right? It's it's fake. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I don't even know. It just gives me it's it makes me feel very uncomfortable. You mean like the kind of like the the bubbly like the the big <laughs> the bell bottomy yeah. leggy like the yeah. pointy shoes and yeah. 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 Yuck. There's no straight lines in any of no. that stuff. John, Sergeant Pepper, Beatles, any of this? Well, I'm I'm intrigued cuz that's a world that my daughter hasn't discovered yet, mm-hmm. but it seems like that's something that would happen soon, and I'm I'm curious to see how she responds to it. When somebody says to her, when somebody when she comes home and is suddenly some other kid played her a Beatles thing or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they do, uh, like they have music and folk dancing at her school on okay. Fridays, and I think. Uh-huh. They, She's sort of started to be aware of those mm-hmm. some of those songs, but she yeah. doesn't know that they're yeah. they're by the same band. Yeah, and so I'm I'm kind of curious to see how that all plays when out. When I was in in the grade school, we would listen to albums at lunch, and the, we played two albums over and over: the first Cars album <laughs> and the Willy Wonka soundtrack. And that is literally I'm still carrying that aesthetic. Right, I feel like that was the most influential thing that ever happened to me. You're at the Al- center of that Venn yeah. diagram, alternating between <laughs> the first Cars album and that soundtrack, is sums up almost everything I'm interested in. Jason, Beatles. If I'm going to listen to Sgt. Pepper's, it's going to be in mono, and I rarely yeah. ever listen to it. All right. But I listen to. I'm a big Beatles fan. Yeah. I, I'm a Revolver, Rubber Soul guy. That's yeah. what I listen sure, to. Sure, sure, sure. Everybody knows Revolver's better than Sergeant Pepper, yeah. right? Is that yeah. even a... Ooh. Yeah, Beatles, you, Beatles for sales uh, better. You don't know that, dude? Caller, dude? I, oh, it's, I'm saying it's, it's open for debate. Oh, I don't think so. I think that debate has been closed. Yeah, maybe it's been closed for so long, though. Now you got to open it back up. It's not time to open it up. Yeah. White Album... To me, it's the white album. Uh, it's all fantastic. There's some junk on the white album, but it's yeah, but it's, it's junk. It's junk because they were pouring everything out. Yeah, and only letting Harrison have a couple per. You know, like mm-hmm. they had to put Oh Blood Dee, Oh Blood Dee, which is maybe a good kid song, but I hope I never hear it again. So. Did they have an album called Help? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, and yeah. a film. I have good yep. memories of that. But uh, you, it's like with the National Mystery Tour yeah. DVD. You've got to watch it because it's the only one that. The Beatles themselves were completely responsible for. Which one? Magical Mystery Tour. Oh. But It's the only one where every decision was theirs. Yeah, and then you also realize <laughs> they didn't know how to make movies. Yeah. No. For example. Like, you realize they were recording every day, and then there was no chance in there for them to learn how to make films. 
Yeah. Like Paul's like running with the camera up and down the bus and it just looks like And they were also on drugs. Like No. And look, Hard Day's Night is a a really great movie. That's such a great movie. That's like Mm -hmm. that's like one of the most energetic movies you could ever you ever you ever see in Hard Day's Night when like the, it starts off and they're, they're like they they they're running and all the kids are chasing them and this one yep. kid just this one girl turfs out so hard and she I mean I would have ended up yeah. in the hospital if I fell that hard she might have this one girl eats like the sidewalk <laughs> chasing the Beatles it's like violent. <laughs> And and then help is like bonkers and fun because it's super colorful and it's like they're pl- playing with James Bond kind of stuff and yeah, it's fun. It's do you fun. find it? And then that's, do you find it? Go ahead. No, no. Do I find it what? Do you find it weirdly just like uh, I don't know redundant or just odd that in like the Beatles anthology, John makes the comment like he really had to make the comment. Oh yes, the girls and Hot Days Night. Yeah, we had them. Yeah, that's maybe why he's my least favorite. Uh, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, but it's like something about that. It's like, you know, he's bearing it all. And he's like, yeah, I, I think that's cool. Paul could do it and then act like it's no big deal. And John's pretty much being like, yeah, it is kind of a big deal. Yeah, well, John was also married at that point, too. If I, if, yeah. Uh, like, was he? Kind of maybe, yeah. Oh, he was. Oh, he was very married. Yes. All right, dude. Thanks okay. for the call. You have a great night. Good night. All right. Scott Teplin. People find your stuff at teplin.com. That's right. If the Beatles were not your thing, who is your thing? What was the number one thing like that that just has stuck with you since you were a kid that you never, that has never diminished? In your eyes, it doesn't have to be music either. What's what's something that has never? You're gonna think I'm not even telling the truth because you sometimes talk about it, but I'm dead serious. It's wacky packages mm-hmm. for real. Okay. I, I my kid. I have the books. I my kids read the books. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to draw them all the time. I still love them. Yeah. Mad Magazine, but Wacky Packages more than anything. Okay. They were actually invented in the neighborhood next to mine in Red Hook, Brooklyn, by Art Spiegelman. Mm-hmm. Where, that's where Tops used to be, the trading card company. Oh, oh I didn't know that. Oh, wow. In wow. The, uh, late 60s. Okay. And Spiegelman started that? Yeah, Spiegelman wow. started that and Garbage Pail Kids. And that always has been something that's resonated for you. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, big time. That's awesome, John. What is that? What would that be for you? The thing that, like the constants. Yeah, just exactly the constant. Something that has never diminished. Something that's been like when you were young, it hit you, and it has it has always been something you could go back to. Well, when we were talking before we started recording about. About Ed Emberley, I was thinking about other stuff that I would read at the library when I was a kid, and I think those Tintin books have stayed with me. Okay. Like from like age seven or eight, mm-hmm. straight on through. 
So that okay. that's one. Yeah. And then the other was, and I'm not just saying this because Jason is here. Like I got super into Doctor Who when I was about mm. ten. Okay. And that uh, I got into that probably, like I would go to, there was like a a fan club in Princeton of all adults and I would go to it when I was like 10 or 11. Okay. And I don't know why my parents would drive me to their, uh, their cook, their cookouts uh-huh. where then they would try and play cricket in the backyard and, uh, and drop so, you off. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense, uh, across the timeline with my relationship with my folks that that was something they were like, Oh yeah, sure. Go do that. Yeah. Um, time. so those are two things. That now, I think have been with me for a long time. You being a New Jersey person, were you watching it on like New Jersey S- Network? Sure, Sat- Channel Twenty Three or Fifty Two. Yeah, on like Saturday nights. I would watch on Channel Thirteen. I would see Doctor Who on on Channel Thirteen at like six o'clock yep. on a Saturday. So Channel be- Twelve and Channel Thirteen would show it then, and okay. then New Jersey Network would splice like the four-part stories into like a 90-minute thing and show okay. those on Saturday nights. Mm-hmm. And I spent a lot of a lot of Saturday nights at home watching <laughs> watching Doctor Who. A lot of watching them go down the same corridor. Sure. <laughs> You're still into it now? Yeah, I like it pretty well. You know, it's weird. The most recent season was the first one where I just, I, I, like I would always get very excited for it and, and I, it didn't, it didn't connect in the same way, and it it made me wonder if it was more me than the material. Like I haven't, I still haven't decided yet. Mm. Eric, uh, well, yeah. In terms of music, I heard I, I was lucky. My parents had pretty good taste in music, so I got exposed to that stuff. And I had an uncle that was into the Beatles, so I, the White Album had a huge impact. Mm-hmm. And uh, like Stevie Wonder songs and the Key of Life. So those two records, I still. I mean, I need to take breaks from them, but I, they still can deliver now. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then there were a whole bunch of things that I was into, but then Star Wars came along and kind of wiped everything out, mm-hmm. and cleaned the slate. And I was in a state of shock when I first saw that movie for about two weeks. And then, you know, I mean, that's still... I, two weeks will do it. Yeah, <laughs> two weeks. But I, I mean, but Two it's weeks still, can turn a guy. <laughs> I can in two weeks, some dudes will see a movie 38 times. 38 times. <laughs> Five or six times a day. So you, so Star Wars, suddenly it, nothing it, else could compete with that. Yeah, it just wiped the slate clean, and I, I couldn't think of anything else. It kind of ruined my imagination, I think, in a way, so that's a negative. But it, mm-hmm. but it really, uh, it just did something powerful to me. And, you know, until Lucas ruined everything in the late 90s, mm-hmm. it was, and it's, those, those first three are still pretty important to me. Um, and then also a little bit older, uh, SCTV mm-hmm. uh, was another thing that I couldn't. I used to record it on a crappy little just audio tape recorder. Yeah. That's like just a cassette tape recorder. Oh, I did stuff like that where we would just be wanting to just be able to recreate it somehow. Yeah, and just it's like. Retain it. You yeah. Know, like, and, like I saw it. I If I can't look at it again, at least I can hear it and exactly. I know what I looked at the first time. Yeah, and that's all we had. Or I guess you could just aim a super eight camera at or something but I, I didn't think yeah. of that but the, like the the crazy like or the like the one the fred willard episode mm-hmm. i couldn't believe it i was watching and i had to do something yeah. to, to like yeah my childhood i spent a lot of time with a cassette tape recorder in the car recording usually 
America's Top 40. Okay. And recently, my daughter has gotten very into the Hamilton soundtrack. Okay. But we don't have a, a paid Spotify subscription, so she can only sort of cycle through songs in the car at random. Mm-hmm. So she started taking an iPad and using the memo feature on oh, that. Wow. And doing the exact same thing yeah. that I would do yeah. when I was a kid with modern technology. That's crazy. And, uh, and it, I, I was exceptionally charmed by yeah. that. Did you have to, were you struggling not to cry when you, when she came in the house playing me these recordings with her sort of muffled yeah. singing in the yeah. background? Yeah. The same way, the exact same way dad did it. Like, yeah. And SCTV for me would be like, like when, like when um, William B. Williams got fired from the Sammy Marlin show and did his own show, that's that's still might be the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Jason, um, what would be the constant for you other than the first Batman movie? Yeah, the the one constant for me is probably the band Queen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've I know been a you're... huge Queen fan yeah. all pretty much all my life. Mm-hmm. And when so, was the first time you heard Queen? I remember. I remember hearing them when I was two. Okay. Wow. Um, when the game was out, my mom had the game. It was okay. And I made her uh, keep playing um, another one bites the dust wow. over and over. And then after that, you know, early '90s with innuendo and stuff like that, I, I got back into them. Sure. Flash Gordon. Yeah. 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 How many times did you see Flash Gordon? <laughs> I think maybe I've only seen it twice. I've seen that uh, probably 30 times. Yeah. yeah. That, that was a, that was an early cable movie where it's just like, yeah, I gotta watch Flash Gordon again. <laughs> yeah. I think I saw it in the theater. I didn't see it in the theater. I was, the, but I just remember that being on like HBO all the time. Like just like USA you know, played it a lot too. Flash Gordon. Yeah. Remember that? USA. It's America's network. <laughs> what about you? What is your constant? Oh, I don't know. I don't think I have one. No, I'm kidding. It's like the <laughs> cop out. I don't have one of what you guys all seem to have. I don't know. I guess it would have to be some kind of um record. There's stuff that's always there, like uh I'm trying to think like the first records I would buy like I find myself going back to things that I would hate for stretches. Like that's what I end up being more interested in is when it's just something that was just like Yeah, I I quit on this and wanted nothing to do with it, then it's like yeah. eh, maybe I'll listen to that again. See what that and then it's just like some of the production's terrible on things. Like, you can't believe it's so bad, but it's just like, yeah, I remember caring about this so much. Like, uh, you know, all that early 80s synth stuff. Like, I've been listening to that for the last year. Like, all the, like, the first three Depeche Mode albums and that stuff was just my favorite stuff when I was in, like, when it was coming out and then now it's it still works but it's you can hear you can kind of see the the creases on it or, or see the seams on it 
but it's it's just like there's something so simple about it that it's like kind of no different than like rock music in the. Mm-hmm. It's like because like they these guys barely had control of those keyboards. Like they were so they were just playing things so simple, and there's something like everything is so basic that they're doing because they didn't have the technology to just have, make it insane the way you can fill stuff up now without having to. I mean, look, they, there were plenty of people with no talent then, also, but <laughs> who were just hiding behind electronics. Yeah. But when you see what people were doing with stuff, it's just like they're they're trying to do their version of something. I I, like, I love those first two Depeche Mode albums, especially the ones when what's his face quit Vince Clark. And then Martin Gore started writing the songs. It's no different than Pink Floyd. One big <laughs> British album with a songwriter. He leaves. Some of the stuff shows up on the second album, but he's pretty much out the door. And then another guy takes over and starts writing the songs. Just like Pink Floyd. All right. It's late. Let's say goodbye. Thank you. Jason, for all the work tonight. I appreciate was, everything. It was a blast. And it was so great to have you here, Scott Teplin. Thank you for everything you've done for the show. I, I love it. I'm delighted to be here. Thank Thanks. you. And Eric White, you're, I'm so glad you got to come here and see the setup, and it's so great to, uh, have you here, and I'm Thank such a so fan much. of your stuff. Thank you. And John Solomon, I've known you for a long, long time, and I'm so glad to know you for a long, long time. No, thanks, Tom. And you're great. Thanks, everybody. Bye.